Hey, how are you doing? I've just finished editing this episode and wanted to just put in a quick trigger warning at the beginning. We do talk about losing a parent. And if you don't want to be hearing that right now, totally get that. So at two minutes, 10, after we've chatted about last episode's comments, skip till six minutes. Okay, here it comes. What are they? Onion bhaji flavoured snacks. I'm really excited about them. It's a good job we're on Zoom. Imagine the smell. <laughs> they were on offer. Yeah, there's a reason they were on offer. What's not to like? Crunchy onion crescents with zingy spices. Mm, they smell disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what did you expect? <laughs> I don't know. They like Watsies, which have curled up and died. Do you know what? If I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie and this is Steve. Hello! Yes, each episode we take a question from the Doing It For The Kids community, do our best to answer it, but we start each episode by looking back at the last one. That was a while ago, but we were talking about how important a name is. For farmer, countryside, coach... That's right. ...dilemma, Mm -hmm. wasn't it? Most of the comments were regarding Steve's MILF bangers story. So if you haven't (laughs) listened to that, it's worth going back. You won't be disappointed. That does does (laughs) remind me as well, though. So I asked my kids not long after we recorded that episode, do you want chips for dinner or spicy rice? And they went, both. And I was like, both? You can't have spicy rice and chips. What do you think this is? Nando's? And then my daughter went, full andos. <laughs> I'd totally forgotten about the full story. All right, if you missed episode 77, even if you don't give a shit about how to name your business, you need to go back <laughs> for full Don't Google it. Yeah. Oh, well, it's nice to be back. <laughs> for, it is. For such highbrow content. <laughs> Oh, man. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. If you've been following along to anything I've been posting about Facebook or Instagram, you will know that my mum very sadly died about six weeks ago. So in fact, it was the week or 10 days after our last episode went out. So we were late kicking off the year and then that happened. And so we, well, we disappeared for another six weeks. So this is only our second episode of 2022. But we're, we're here. We're showing up. And we're going to hopefully now be a bit more regular. Until the Easter holidays start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's nice It's nice to see you back. And do you know what? Uh, I was thinking about it. Your mum has had many a mention on this podcast. She has. She, she was obviously a cool, inspiring, self-employed yeah. person, right? She was fucking great. And the world is worse off without her. I've been thinking a lot about, well... Not even thinking a lot. I've been living it. I hadn't accounted for death and how that relates to being self-employed. Mm. I don't know. When I always think about insurance and stuff, I always consider like like me getting like me dying, yeah, from my family's perspective, or me getting like long-term sick, or um, having like you know, I use my hands to do my job. If I broke my wrist, for example, and I couldn't mm-hmm. do my job, blah blah blah. I I have thought about all of those things, and I have some. <laughs> protections for some of those things but yeah she died and I couldn't do any work and it was I don't know I hadn't like thought about 
I didn't have a backup plan. You know, I just literally had to e- email my clients. I was emailing them at 11 o'clock at night, <laughs> the day she died, going, this has just happened. I don't know when I'm going to be able to work again. And amazingly, you know, my clients are brilliant. I've got really lovely people who I work for and they, it was fine. But what if they hadn't been fine? It's just something I'd never considered. And then mm. I, I literally couldn't work for weeks. Like I was not in any state to do any sort of work. And then it had an impact on my finances. And there was just a a lot of practical, emotional and financial things that were triggered by, you know, whoever it is in your life, a friend, a close friend, family member, whatever. If somebody suddenly dies and you're, you know, coping with that. I feel like I need my business to be a bit more robust if that was to happen again. Or maybe I've been make, made it more robust in the fact that I do have clients who are understanding. I mean, that's the first hurdle, isn't it? Working with people who they were like, yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, however long you need. But it's just interesting because like Rob took time off to take me to London and had to look after the kids and blah, blah, blah. And that was zero issue with his business. They have, you know, I don't know what you call it, bereavement time or whatever, where you still get paid and you don't have Mm -hmm. to go to work. So like he just triggered that and that was it. And then I'm there, even though I wasn't working, I was worried about the fact I wasn't working and I was worried about the impact that was having on my clients because my clients are amazing, but they're also other small businesses with, you know, kids and the work I'm doing for them is integral to them earning money and stuff. So like, It's complicated. I don't know. I felt a responsibility to them and myself. And I just feel like worrying about money and work is like the last thing I want to be doing if that was to happen to me again. And I don't know what I need to do to make that happen. But um, it was just, yeah, it was very obvious and stark how vulnerable I was as a self-employed person dealing with that. I feel like there's an entire episode in here, to be honest. That's been my world how how are you doing? Uh, well, first of all, I missed you. Oh, I miss being here too. One significant thing happened where I thought, mm. oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. So I need to tell you. Is this for the podcast or just in life? <laughs> Go on. I had to teach my son how to shave. <gasps> what? Right. That's a oh my big God. deal. That is a big deal. That's a big deal. That's so interesting because my son last week literally said, Mummy, have I got a moustache? Oh. I was like, no. And he's like, I want a moustache. And I was like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you can have mine. <laughs> okay, time for episode 78. Our question comes from Tom Garfield, tomgarfield.co.uk, who is a website marketing specialist. Hello, Tom. He says, life costs so much more now. Fuel, heating, food, clothes, everything is way more expensive. I shudder every time I hear the letterbox clunk, wondering what bill is coming for me next. I don't want to dip into savings or reduce my pension payments. That feels like a bad plan. Do I raise my prices to keep up instead? Can I use the cost of living crisis as justification? Other than putting my kid out of nursery, living life as a recluse and doing nothing at all, and I've had quite enough of that, thanks, COVID, what's the best way to keep financially afloat when the water just keeps rising? Help! That is a brilliant question. You put it very well, by the way. Everything is more expensive. More than that, though, everything is going to get more expensive. Mm -hmm. Lots of companies have already made that warning. Even McVitie's. Really? Yeah. And so it is a genuine thing, right? If you charge exactly the same 
this year as you charged last year, let's say hypothetically you do the same amount of work, you earn the same amount of money, you will actually have less money to play with because Mm. everything in life will cost you more. So you will effectively lose money if you just stay the same as last year, right? Yeah, you're losing money by default. I mean, I think, all right, are we starting off by talking about the rates thing? Is that we're going straight into the rates thing? Is that what we're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Looks like it. Personally, I think you can use the cost of living crisis as justification to increase your own rates. Everything in your business is costing more. Somebody messaged me on Instagram last week talking about a product-based business. And she was like, as a product-based business, there is no should I, shouldn't I. The things I buy that I use to make my product and sell on to somebody else are costing me two, three times as much. I can't just not raise my prices because then Mm. I'm not running a viable business. That's it. And the same should apply as, you know, a creative service-based business. Your electricity is costing more. All the things you are doing around your business, uh, equipment that you use and the software that you use, all of that is costing more. Put them up, put them up, raise them rates, (laughs) put them up, put them up. But, I mean, particularly for me, I don't know about you so much, but like a lot of my clients are one woman man bands like me who are facing similar higher prices in their life. So I I don't want to be another burden on them. It's like an economic domino, isn't mm-hmm. it? Everybody ends up putting their prices up. So if we all do it, it's fine. Is that what we're agreeing here? As a community, if everybody does it. <laughs> because what else are you meant to do? Right. When you're thinking, how much should I put my rates up? Really do do the maths. Because here's your opportunity. You don't want to get this wrong. Really figure it out and then add a bit more. Don't burden yourself by just going to the amount that you need. I think building that safety cushion and, and put it up another 5% or 10% or whatever you whatever you feel is right. Don't be conservative about it. Tom also mentions, I don't want to dip into savings or reduce my pension payments. That's interesting, actually, because I was looking at my pension payments. Thinking, shall I reduce them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For balance, I need to be putting my pension payments up, not the other way around. Ah, nice. And you don't want to dip into your savings. I mean, I dipped into my savings Savings. during COVID. Savings. You see, here's the thing. This is why your prices should be going up so Mm. that as well as existing... You can have that buffer of cash. Mm. It's so important to have. It feels like now more than ever, you need to be working to have that. Yeah. And to, you know, to bring it back to what you were saying at the beginning of this episode. But like savings helps, right? Yeah. And so I'm kind of in this situation at the moment where I'm trying to rebuild the savings that I drained during COVID when I was at home looking after the kids instead of working. It might work for that short term emergency period. And even then you should kind of treat it like you're loaning yourself some money and you make Mm. a note of it and you pay it back to yourself i think anyway but this is not a short-term thing right this is simply way of life for the next however many years but that feels so fucking hard to do like for someone like me right i have no savings (laughs) i've occasionally had some savings in my life one when i was made redundant and started freelancing and then i had some savings pre-covid again gone just totally gone I had to stop working mm. completely. Yeah. So like, while I know I should have some, and even more so now, it also feels like an impossible time to start building them because I'm barely going to, you know, my outgoings are going to be so much bigger. But that's what I mean. This is why you have to factor, I think, savings and pension into that price rise. This situation is 
going to be really hard <laughs> and it's not going to go away. If you've been thinking about putting your prices up for a long time, if confidence is holding you back, use the cost of living crisis as an excuse to finally do it. If it's not about, you know, I'm great and you should be paying me X and you don't feel that, you know, that's why you haven't been putting your prices up. That's one thing. But if you literally need to pay three times as much to keep your computer on, that is the reason to put your prices up today, tomorrow, next week, whenever. In the next, I challenge you, the next 28 days. Or the next 56 <laughs> days before the next episode comes out. <laughs> Do you know what, actually? It is literally the next financial year in, what, three, four weeks? Uh, this true. is a great time to say my prices are going up. I don't think you even need to explain, to be honest, but it depends on who your clients no, are. No, I don't think you do. Um, yeah. And it, if it makes you feel better, you can say because the cost of things are rising. As with every other company in the world, my prices are going up. But you're fucking great at your job. You've been doing it for however long. You should be putting your prices up annually anyway. And if you haven't been, now is the time. No one's going to bat an eyelid, I promise you. And if they do, <laughs> then in my experience, I've got better clients from from mm. the people that pay me more than the people that want, like, cheap and dirty. Also, you know, this is, this is actually a great thing about being self-employed. We get to decide what we charge. It's a good point, yeah. Because some people will be going to their bosses and saying i need a pay rise yeah and yet their bosses are like oh well it's very difficult for the business mm. at the moment mm. not sure we can do that blah 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 if you have a contract if you don't have a contract consider getting one if you have a contract building in something around obviously your pricing but saying you know if you want to do it annually my prices increase every april or whatever at x percent you could build that into your if you've got yeah. recurring long-term you know retainer clients and stuff Build that in. And then it's like a no-brainer, basically. I'm sure it was on the Raising Your Rates episode or something. Maybe it was COVID as well. But like, I'm not making enough money in my business. How do I make more money? One way is to up your prices. The other is to decrease your overheads. Yeah. So like, and that can be personal things like um, Netflix and whatever that you don't necessarily use for your job. Or that can be things to do with your business. I mean, I'm going to recite the, how many times has this come up in the Facebook group? The, you know, cancel your Adobe Creative Cloud. See what happens. 99% of the time you get offered a cheaper rate, which you wouldn't have got had you just sat on the <laughs> the continuing contract. You know, there are so many things like that. Even like your mobile phone contract. I realised the other day, Tesco Mobile, maybe lots of people are already with them and I'm only catching up on this, but Tesco Mobile is actually O2's network but you pay more to be on O2 than you do to be on Tesco Mobile. That sounds like a Martin Lewis tip. Like it. Check if your phone's coming out of contract. Don't just get the new handset. Maybe switch to a SIM-only deal. Check the amount of data you actually use compared to what you pay for. Mm. It's amazing what you can say. Even if it's a couple of quid for that one thing, if it's a couple of quid for 20 direct debits, that all adds up. It massively adds up. Yeah. Or when your kid says, oh, can we sign up for this app? Can we? Can And just... Just to shut them up, yes. you say yes, yes and you yes. subscribe. But what do you know? A week later, they're never reading that same storybook app that was so Honestly, urgent. after lockdown, I had about 50 quid monthly direct <laughs> debits for like, you know, 12 yeah. different iPad apps, which they weren't even playing with. There are other ways, you know, like, yes, changing um, supermarket suppliers has saved us money, but doing the whole, you know, properly doing meal planning, bulk cooking, freezing stuff. All of those things will save you money if you're not doing them already. 
there are millions of resources out there on ways to scrimp and save when it comes to being a family <laughs> in the modern world and not paying through the yeah. noise for stuff unnecessarily. But it's the, it's a lot of the time it's the time and energy like to make those changes yeah. and I appreciate but I reckon, right, you just take a morning, yeah. look at all of your overheads, look at your bank statement, yeah. and just, God, it'll feel good. Other than pulling my kid out of nursery, that is interesting, though. Imagine how much money you'd save if you took your kid out of nursery one day a week. A lot. But, you know, you have to balance that with... How much money you make during the time they're at nursery, yeah. I mean... It feels like a drastic option, right, to mm. take a child out of nursery one day a week. But... Do the maths, do the productivity as to whether you could do it. Could you maybe switch to working on, I don't know, a Saturday mm-hmm. and, you know, your other half picks in? It's totally situation dependent, isn't it? But you're, you're, you're never going to regret spending that time with the child. So yeah, you're going to save money, but nobody ever goes, oh, I wish I hadn't had that extra day at home with my kid. And it's a fair point because right now, as far as I can tell, the three biggest outgoings this year are going to be your where you live whether that's rent or a mortgage your energy bill (laughs) and your childcare costs if you have them if your kids are still in private you know preschool childcare and stuff or even after school clubs and all that jazz Mm. like those are the three biggest things that we have to pay for on a monthly basis currently we don't have an awful lot of control over our energy costs unless we do have money to install solar panels and whatever I definitely don't have any control over how much my mortgage costs every month. I don't think many renters have much control over how much they're paying <laughs> to their landlords. But childcare is something, yeah, that is something you have some more control over. I mean, I'm not I'm not about to tell you to shop around for your childcare because, you know, your child has to settle in a new... It's a bit more complicated than switching mm. from <laughs> one energy supply to another. But, but yeah, that's a good point. Is that a conversation you need to have in your family about... Are there changes you can make in terms of childcare costs? Ultimately, like we said about Olaf before, right? There are some things you can control, some things you can't. So be really mindful and proactive about reducing what you're spending on the things you can control. Okay, what's your advice for Tom? Maybe you've got a similar situation. Have you got a plan? Because we don't, clearly. (laughs) Maybe you've already done it. Yes. How did it go down? Let us know. You can obviously comment on this wherever Frankie has posted about it. It is episode 78. Uh, Drop her a message on social media. We'll read them out next time around when obviously we also need your questions. Please do keep them coming in. And if you need them to be, they can be anonymous. Don't forget. While this podcast has been absent from your lives, Steve has been chugging on with being freelance. Many episodes, new episodes. Wherever you've got this podcast, go search now. A recent one was a classic doing it for the kids example of a midwife who then found there wasn't enough flexibility Mm, in that work, funny enough, of 12-hour shifts and stuff once she had a family and is now a maternity newborn photographer. It's a really good episode. Please do take a listen. And doing it for kids 2.0 was supposed to have launched by now, but life had other ideas. So it's coming. It's just coming a bit later. Hopefully in April, I will keep you updated. Make sure you're on the mailing list if you're not already. How do I get on the mailing list? (laughs) You can sign up by going to the website, doingitforthekids.net. I love the conversations that me and my daughter have as we walk to school. Do you ever have those conversations where like you... You use, like, children's imagination is wonderful. Mm. So, like, you can say, oh, if I was a bird, I wonder what bird I would mm-hmm. be if I was a 
tree. I wonder what, you know, because kids just embrace mm. that kind of conversation. Adults don't unless you've had quite a few pints. And so I said to her, if I were a dog and just left it hanging slightly, she jumped in immediately and went, you'd still be in the rescue centre. <laughs> she didn't say that. She did. <laughs> 